What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. Good morning again, Progressive Church of God in Christ, all of our followers on both YouTube and Facebook. We want to praise God that you have decided to join us this morning for Youth Day. We pray that you have enjoyed all that you have seen and heard this morning. It is now time for the word of the Lord. And I stand privileged to be in this space. I want to open with a word of prayer. If you'll bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your gospel truth. We thank you for the privilege to preach. We thank you for the privilege to pray. We thank you, Father, for moving us out of the way and you speaking. Father, we ask that you would have your way this morning, that you would speak through me, Father, as I say what it is that you have given me. Father, I trust you. I love you. I'm depending on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I give honor and deference to our pastor, Superintendent Benny L. Tolliver, and to our First Lady, uh, missionary Jean Tolliver, and to all of the Lord's people. I thank God uh, most especially for the Progressive Youth Department staff. I want to thank you for all that you do to ensure that our youth remain engaged. I want to thank you for your time, your dedication, and all that it is that you do to support the ministry of the Church of God in Christ here at Progressive. Let us go to the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord uh, comes to us from 2 Kings, 2 Kings, the 22nd chapter and the second verse. Just one verse that we'll read today. 2 Kings 22 and 2. And it reads, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the way of David his father, and turn not to the right hand or to the left. Let me read this again. This is in regard to King Josiah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of his father David, and walked in the way of his father David, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. May God add a blessing to the hearing and reading of his word. This morning, uh, I want to uh, speak to you uh, from a topic and a subtopic. My uh, thought this morning, and if you are sitting near someone uh, and want to encourage them this morning, just repeat my thought. Uh, with them and with yourself. I'm going to use uh, for a thought this morning, I am God's plan unfolding. I am God's plan unfolding. I am God's plan unfolding. Maybe you have somebody in your living room, just point to them and say, you are God's plan unfolding. We also have 
for this year in alignment with our pastor's wonderful theme, a theme for the youth department, a generation that loves God. And it is pulled from the text for which we will be sharing this morning. Every generation looks at the other generations with a critical eye. The traditionalists, skeptical of the baby boomers. The baby boomers, skeptical of Generation X. Generation X, skeptical of the millennials and working very hard to bridge the gap between a variety of generations. Shout out to the Gen Xers. The millennials are bracing themselves for what life will be like with Generation Y, Generation Z, and the I-Gen generation. To an extent, the pandemic has brought many of these generations closer together. Traditionalists and baby boomers are relying on their children to help them with their iPhones and creating uh, social media accounts. At the same time, uh, Gen Xers and millennials are relying on traditionalists and baby boomers and for recipes and ways to care for the home in ways that they have not cared for the home in the past. We uh, are in a very interesting uh, state in our world in the sense uh, that we uh, are called upon to acknowledge the bridge between generations. And even though um, many of our families and many generations have uh, become uh, more uh, comfortable with each other, we still experience a very deep generational divide. We wrestle with uh, whether it's better to work hard or to work smart. We have um, within us um, some difficult, some conflict generationally about what we should be doing and what we should not be doing. We have conflict generationally around the ways that we should parent, the ways that we should understand politics, the ways that we should respond to social and political unrest. We have uh, among generations a challenge with distrust. We uh, distrust one another's ability. We distrust one another's maturity, integrity, and strength. The old are judging the new trends, while the new trends uh, um, position the young not to be able to understand that just like they um, are young, so were the former generations. The young um, tend to discount the experience and the knowledge of the older generation, while uh, the, the, the older generation discounts the relevance of the things that are happening in our world today. We have to, my friends, my brothers and sisters, acknowledge the deep divide that exists amongst generations. And then uh, when we have taken into consideration the many uh, generational divides that come 
um, as a result of what we are experiencing today, we have to realize that, that, that we need one another. We have to uh, challenge the, 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 the thoughts and the feelings that we have um, with regard to other generations. We have to address the skepticism for which we uh, experience um, today. We have to realize that our generation is not the only generation that exists. We have to tap into the fact that it is very uh, important uh, for generations to come together. The old have to teach the young. The young have to be inspired and ministered to by the old. And so uh, if we fail uh, to bridge the generational gap, we fail to teach a generation how to trust God. If we fail to bridge the generational gap, we, 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 we put ourselves in a position to hand over our legacy and the, and the future of the church to individuals who don't know um, all that it took to build this great uh, church, this great uh, foundation of holiness and righteousness. And so we must address the skepticism that we uh, experience between generations. We must sit uh, in a posture of prayer and hopefulness when we think about one another. And most of all, we must trust God uh, that he will speak and minister to those that might be coming up. Praise the name of the Lord. And so um, I believe this morning that God um, has provided or shared uh, this word uh, because he wants to challenge the saints to bridge generational divides. I believe that it's God's will uh, to remind the saints of the importance of our individual and collective influence on a younger generation. I believe that God wants us to remember that we are people of potential and promise, no matter how old it is that we are, or no matter how young it is that we are. And then, finally, I believe that God wants us this morning to bring hope to a very skeptical generation that is suffering from the impact of a generational divide. And so, my brothers and sisters, that brings me to this morning's text. Our text um, is uh, the experience, or it hones in on the life of Josiah. The Bible lets us know in 2 Kings, the 22nd chapter, the first to the fourth verse, that Josiah was a young man. In fact, when he would become king, the scripture uh, lets us know that he uh, was just eight years of age. He was just eight years of age. The scripture um, is, um, that, that, that we're focusing on today is very interesting because it says that Josiah did what was right in the sight of the Lord, just like his father, David. The challenge that I want us to work through this morning is a little bit um, of, of a concern to me because when we read this text, First of all, you're likely thinking, oh, he did the right thing. He was uh, obedient to God. He walked in the way of God because he had a wonderful influence in the person of David. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. What a wonderful 
influence for uh, this young king who would become king while he was in the youth department. Well, let me shed a little, little, a little light on who Josiah was. David uh, was not his father necessarily. David um, had been dead for 329 years at the time for which Josiah would become king. So who is Josiah's father? Who is the father of this young boy king? Well, before we start talking about his father, let me tell you a little bit about his grandfather. His grandfather was uh, the person of Manasseh. You remember Manasseh, he was an evil king that did not do right in the sight of the Lord. He did not obey God's will and God's way. He was the husband of Methuselah. You know the story. Uh, in, in other words, Josiah uh, had some crazy grandparents. If you follow me, just follow me um, as I try to unfold this story. Well, uh, who was Josiah's father? Josiah's father was a gentleman by the name of Amon. Amon was um, a, an individual who, after he had been influenced for 55 years um, by his father Manasseh, um, he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord. And the Bible says that when Manasseh died, that his son Amon would take over the kingdom to become king. The young a uh, person in the in, in the person of Amon became a father at the age of 16. Yes, I said that the young King Amon became a father at the age of 16 and birthed a young man by the name of Josiah. Now remember I said that Manasseh, Josiah's grandfather, did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord. For 55 years, he built uh, idols to and, and worshiped uh, arenas for Baal, and he worshiped and led the people to not honor the Lord Jesus. His son took into his same footsteps and decided to lead the people in the wrong direction. Well, they killed off Amen after just two short years in uh, uh, serving as the king. And it would have, um, it happened to be that after Amon dies, his young son, who at the time um, of uh, his death, Amon becomes king. Young Josiah becomes king. Young Josiah becomes king. Young Josiah becomes king. King. So uh, let's look at the life and experience of Josiah at just a ripe eight years old. When he comes into office, uh, he um, has not been positively influenced by neither his father or his grandfather. His great-grandfather was the King Hezekiah, who had been dead for many years prior to young Josiah's birth. If you uh, look at um, the life of Josiah, when he takes uh, the throne as king, he is the son of a widow. He is the son of a widow. He is the product of a teenage father. He is the son of a father who was murdered. He is 
um, the son of a system, not just uh, a, a system of idolic worship, but he is directly influenced because the people who maneuvered that system of idolic worship happened to be his father and grandfather. He had not been positively influenced by his grandma or his grandpa, his father or his mother. He is the generational reflection of an individual, a set of individuals that did not honor God. What a, 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 a position to be in, to be so heavily influenced by individuals that did not honor God. But I want to reassure you that when God calls you, when he ordains you, when he sets you in a place, he will in fact cover you. Well, let's find out a little bit about what Josiah did. The Bible says that when Josiah, um, after he had served 18 years in office. He was um, at the age of 26. So remember, we started uh, this biblical narrative with young Josiah, a, 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 a very excited member of the youth department. Now, uh, as Josiah has grown in the knowledge of God, he is now uh, 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 in the young adult ministry. And the Bible says that he summons his scribe or his secretary, and he says to his secretary, go down and tell the, the high priest, the, the, the preacher, the person at the temple, that the money that they have been collecting at the door, I want them to take that money and begin to rebuild the temple the temple of the Most High God. And the Bible says that his secretary goes down to Hilkiah, the, 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 the priest, and he says that the king has asked that the money uh, for which you all have been raising uh, offerings at the church, that it be used to upbuild the temple. And the Bible says that the, 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 the high priest says to the secretary, well, uh, since you are here, I want to let you know that we actually found the book, The Law of Moses. The, the Pentateuch, we found um, the books of Moses, and, and, and I want you to take it back uh, to King Josiah. The generation for which Josiah um, had been leading um, was so far away from the laws of Moses, so far away from righteousness, and so far away from God's will that they were disconnected even from God's word to Moses. And the Bible says that the secretary takes the book back to Josiah, and he reads the book to Josiah. He began to read the, the, the books of the law to Josiah, and the Bible says that Josiah is so moved by what it is that he, that, that, that he sees, that he hears, that he rents his clothes and he falls down and he begins to repent to the Lord. He says, Lord, we have been living as a generation so far from your word. We have not been keeping the covenant that you made with us. We have not honored and respected your temple. We have not done what you told us to do. I said, this is somebody who had been negatively influenced by his mama and his grandma, by his father and his grandfather, yet when he hears the word of the Lord, he becomes overwhelmed with grief, and he begins to, to, to talk to the Lord and to repent, and the Bible says that, that he looks back up after he gets himself together, and he says uh, to his secretary, we need to hear 
from the prophet. Tell the, go and tell the prophet, hey, we didn't know what we were doing. We hadn't been uh, uh, in, 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 in the company of God's word. And he begins, the Bible says, to repair the breach. And they send him uh, to the prophetess. The secretary goes to the prophetess and says, Josiah is, is heartbroken because this generation has gotten so far from God. And the prophetess, she begins to talk to the secretary. She says, you know, uh, I, this, this, this generation is indeed doomed. They have not honored God. They have not done what God told them to do. But she says this one thing because uh, Josiah the king, his heart was tender. But when it came into contact with the word of God, because his heart changed, God is going to spare the life of Josiah. And I want to just encourage the, the, the young people to, to, to remember that when you hear the word of the Lord, yield to his word. Do what his word says. When you come in contact with the word of God, encouraging you to love and to live holy and to live righteous, do what the word of the Lord says. God was moved by the fact that when this young Josiah in the young adult ministry had come in contact with his word, that he, his, his heart changed. God wants our heart to change when we hear his word. He wants our lives to change as a result of his word being spoken into us. So the Bible says that, that, that the, he, the, the secretary comes back to Josiah and says, hey, uh, Josiah, um, uh, the, the prophetess told me to tell you that she's going to spare um, uh, your life and you're going to die in peace and you're not going to see the wrath that has come as a result of what your father and your grandfather did to this generation. So then Josiah has a choice. He is faced with a choice. And remember I said that my subject this morning was God's plan unfolding. God's plan unfolding. Josiah is... Uh, become exposed to God's word. Young Josiah has become exposed to God's mercy. Young Josiah has become exposed to God's goodness and his saving power. And the thing that Josiah decides to do is he calls the leaders and the magistrates together. He gathers them all and he does something unprecedented. The Bible says in, in 2 Kings, the 23rd chapter, that he begins to read the word of the Lord to all the leaders, those that were older than him, those that were coming up behind him. He begins to bridge the generational divide through the word. He begins to tell them, all the things that God um, spoke to, 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 to Moses and he begins to encourage them to get their hearts right with God. This young man had the power to bring together a generation of individuals, young and old, and he did it through the word. And so God um, used him to, um, after he reads the word, he gives the command to those in power and influence, tear down the, 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 the structures of Baal, tear down the idolic worship, tear down the, the things that you have put before God, tear down the excuses that you have been making as to why you don't walk in his way. He begins to get the house in order. He begins to prepare and repair the temple. This young man, that God, 
God uses, he begins to do what is right in the sight of the Lord. And I, 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 I thought about um, this, uh, th- th- this instance. And in my studies, I found out um, a little bit about his, his, his father and grandfather. I found out that, that Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, that his name meant causing to forget. And that makes a lot of sense because Manasseh's father, Hezekiah, God had spoken to his heart and convicted and extended his years. And he was a righteous king. And then his son came and forgot everything that God had put in place under his son. No wonder his name means causing to forget. Then I found out that the name Amon, the son of Manasseh, means faithful, true, or loyal. He was not faithful, true, or loyal to God, but he was faithful, true, and loyal to the influence of his father who did evil in the sight of the Lord. But remember I told you that my subject was God's plan unfolding. How ironic is it that the name Josiah means Jehovah has healed? I said, how ironic is it that the name Josiah means Jehovah has healed? And so even though um, to a certain extent it seemed like uh, Josiah was a castaway, somebody probably said um, in their mind, Josiah ain't going to be nothing because his daddy wasn't nothing. His mama wasn't nothing. His grandma and his grandpa were crazy. That he's the, he's the son of, uh, of a widow. His, his daddy was murdered. He's not going to be, he's not going to amount to anything. But the Bible says that even before Josiah began to walk in the will of the Lord, God had predestined him to be the very person that he used to heal a nation. Jehovah has healed. God had taken this son of, a, uh, 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 of what some might call an illegitimate family structure. God had taken the, the, the son of, of, of idolic worshipers. God had taken the son of sinners. God had taken the son of gamblers. God had taken the son of pro- prostitutes and used this very child to, 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 to allow his plan to unfold. And so saints of God, we've got to be careful who we throw away. We've got to be careful who we give up on. God is saying that we cannot give up on the generation for which he has positioned. And so what we have to do is remember that even if they don't read at grade level, uh, even if they don't come from a prestigious family, even if they don't enroll in a prestigious university, they still are God's plan unfolding. They still have promise and potential. They are still called to do the work and the will of the Lord. And so what we have to do is we have to go back and look at the people that we've thrown away. We've got to go back and look at the people that we discredited, that we dishonored and realize that they might not be anything in our eyes, but they're important to God. We've got to go back and reaffirm to our children that they might not be walking in the same footsteps that we walked in, but they're important, that God loves them, that God cares for them, that God wants to use them. They're not castaways. They're not, maybe they dishonored you. Maybe they didn't follow in the footsteps for which you wanted them to follow in. Maybe they didn't take the profession that you took. Maybe they didn't do the thing. Maybe the route that they had to get to greatness was through prison. Maybe the route that they had to get through greatness was to have premarital sex. Maybe the route that they had to get through wasn't the route that you wanted to take them to. But they still represent God's 
plan unfolding. God still has a plan for them. He still has a plan for their life. He's still ministering to them. Yes, like Missionary McKnight said last week, he, they, they're unfinished business. And, and, and the same um, is true for us. God is still working on us. God is still working on us. He has promise in our belly. He's birthing something new in us. We've got to be careful not to give up on ourselves. First of all, sometimes we give up on our children because we've given up on ourselves. And God told me to tell somebody this morning that is parenting a child, the first thing that you have to know is that you are not a failure, that you are not a failure. Maybe you didn't go to college. Don't worry about it. You are what God intended for you to be. You are who God called you to be. You are the parent that God destined for that child. Be encouraged to know that God loves you and that he hasn't thrown you away. He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't decided that you're worthless. You mean something to God. And if you know how much you mean to God, then you can project that in the life of your child. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. God wants you to know that his plan is unfolding through you. I, 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 I thank God that, that he uses Josiah Someone who some might feel uh, is illegitimate. Someone that someone might feel is worthless. And someone that might feel that uh, Josiah didn't have the capacity to will the people back to the will of the Lord because of his grandpa and his grandma and his grandma and his grandma. But listen, God has a purpose for every single one of us. And it is not an accident that you're his grandmother. It's not an accident that you're his mother. It's not an accident that you're her teacher. It's not an accident that you're her mentor because God has purpose for you to be who you are. And so God calls this great man of God, this young man from the early age of eight to be uh, the, the conduit between generations, to bridge them together, to bring them together. And God is doing the same thing in this generation. God is not going to allow his church to die. God is not going to allow the ministry and the kingdom to die. He's raising up new missionaries. He's raising up new elders. He's raising up those who will boldly proclaim the word of the Lord. And so saints of God, saints of old, saints of young, be not discouraged. God is doing a great thing. God uh, says in his word, and I just want to read a few scriptures, and I'm going to close this morning. Ephesians, uh, the first chapter, the fifth and the sixth verse. Bless the name of the Lord. I feel real good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. The, the Ephesians, the first chapter, the fifth and the sixth verse in the Passion Translations 4 says this. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children, though through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us all would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. I want to encourage you with these words from the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 43 and 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? 
I will even make a way in the wilderness. I am rivers in the desert. In other words, God is saying that it might not look like you think it should look. It might be desolate. It might be hard to imagine. But God said, I'll make a river in the desert. God said that I'll transform a situation that looks desolate. I'll make a, a nobody into somebody. And God said he's going to do that in the lives of our young people. Philippians, my final verse. Philippians 1 and 16 in the Passion Translation says this. I pray with great faith for you. Because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue to pr the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it until un the unveiling of the Lord Jesus Christ. I stand before you as a young foster kid. I never imagined that I would be here. I never imagined that I would be here. I never imagined that I would be here. But because of God's grace, God has birthed potential in folks that we have casted away. Maybe you're young. Maybe you're old. God said that he wants you to know that you are his plan unfolding. He's using you in the kingdom. Will you avail yourself? Will you allow God to minister to your heart? Will you hear the word of the Lord and feel confident in the fact that you are here for a reason? That's what God's word is saying this morning. I want to pray with you and your family. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for the reminder that you love us. Thank you for the incredible reminder, God, that you have not created us by accident, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thanks for the reminder, God, that you care for us, Father, and that you're pouring into us and that we don't have to be what our mama and our daddy was, but we can be positively influenced as well. God, we pray over every child that they would know who they are in you, no matter what other people say, no matter how they're raised, no matter what negative influences might be in their life, that they would know who you have called them to be, that they would know that, they're that they have been predestined to walk in your will. Father, we pray for every adult that is listening, Father, that they would understand, that we would understand, Father, the influence for which you have given us, Father, to raise this generation. Help us, oh God. We pray that you just help us. Help us, God, to be good influences, good uncles, good aunts, good mothers and fathers, good saints of God. Help us to say the right thing. Help us to be wise in our conversation with our young people. But most of all, Father, help us to be holy and righteous and to live before our young people so that they can see what it means to be holy and sanctified in the fruit of righteousness, God. We pray, God, for every person that is listening to this broadcast, that you would touch their heart, their mind, and their soul. Father, if there's somebody that does not know you in the pardon of their sins, we pray, God, that your spirit of conviction will come over them, Father, and that they will repent where they are, Father, and that they will pronounce and proclaim you to be the Son of God, and they will acknowledge, God, that you died on the cross and that you rose again, Father. And we just thank you this morning. We praise you. And we magnify you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you here at the Progressive Church of God in Christ. Young people, uh, we are here for you. We want to encourage you. We want you to know that you are important to us. Tonight, saints of God, I just want to encourage you. Um, from 6 to 7 p.m., 
we have gathered uh, together a group of praying advocates for youth and young adults. And I wanna encourage you to gather your family together and to listen to what we have put together for tonight. Youth leaders, chair ladies, pastors, superintendents, the pastor has allowed us to gather a, a, a group and it's not just about their titles, it's about their passion for seeing young people thrive. Will you join us tonight at 6 p.m.? We're gonna be on YouTube, we're gonna be on Facebook. You have all these different avenues to join us and maybe you won't be able to join us tonight. You can always rewatch it, but we really want you to gather your family and enjoy just one hour of programming. God bless you. We thank you. We want to remind you that we are raising a generation that does love God. God bless you. Season with soul, with soul.